Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 757 Renaissance Man Podcast. As you can tell, we are blessed to be honored with the great Slater Joel. How are you doing today, sir? Man, I am doing wonderful. I'm doing amazing. God is good. Uh, Yeah, man, we here. And I'm just glad about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You've been on my mind a little bit. You came and tore it down at my church the other week. I've been singing the songs ever since, so I had to have you on the podcast. Okay. I'm glad to be here, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for even inviting me. Yes, sir. So let's get a little history on Mr. Slater Joel. All right. 757, born and raised. You got it. What city? 
Chesapeake, Cheese Town, okay. Cheesy Peasy, whatever you want to call it. All right. Well, so what high school? The Oscar Frommel Smith High School, the state champions. Again oh, okay. This year. So just shout out to my alma mater. We won again, state champions again. So, yeah, I'm glad to be a part of that you legacy. Know, that's only because Deep Creek got tired of winning. Is that so? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. So how long have you been into music? And what came first, church or music? So I've been in church all my life. I've been around music all my life. Um, one of the crazy things about my story is um, I would stage fright all the way up to my junior year in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my mom caught me singing because uh, I used to like to imitate people. Okay. And so I used to imitate the Mighty Clouds of Joy. I used to, you know, Paul Beasley. I used to imitate Michael Jackson. used to imitate, you know, all of these great singers. And she caught me one day. And uh, singing and music was a big part of her life. And so she started putting me in things and making me sing even when I didn't want to and even when I was afraid to. And uh, that led to me uh, joining chorus in high school where my teacher, uh, Miss Lydia Tolliver, lover, I still go to visit her today, um, pushed me into really doing the solo thing. I was cool singing background because, you know, ain't nobody have to really hear me. Okay. But uh, she, she pushed me into doing the solo thing. And, man, uh, one day there was an assembly uh, where the whole school was in, man, and I had a solo. Mm -hmm. And I uh, closed my eyes. I was so nervous. I wanted to run off the stage, but I knew she would fight me Right, right. Uh, if I did that. So I closed my eyes and sang. By the time I finished, school erupted. Um, people were on their feet. People were screaming. And she pushed me even further to do district chorus. I made all state chorus my first time trying out. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I realized it was a gift of mine. But what made me more interested in singing more than music was the reaction that people would mm -hmm. give from what was being sang. Now, take that from just music to ministry. Um, it's one thing when people scream and holler because they like what you're doing. But I noticed that my singing was different. Uh, when I would sing, some people would cry. When I sang, some people would get happy, mm -hmm. as we would call it in church. Uh, when I sang, some people wouldn't know what to do. By the time I was done, there'd be such a cloud in the room of just worship and the Holy Spirit that I realized people were getting exactly what they needed mm -hmm. uh, from what I was doing. And that's when I realized this was more than a gift. I believe this is my calling. And I got more passionate about it because the more I put myself out of it, and put God into it, uh, the more I saw results. And man, God has just blessed me. And uh, I've been blessed to bless so many people uh, throughout my uh, small career. All right, so I want to take it back. You said you used to like to impersonate singers. So I got a request. Yes. Oh, God. Hit me with some Rance Allen. No, she Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my dude too. <laughs> Jesus? Yeah, that's that's my dude. Rance, I miss that guy, man. Oh man. I okay. miss that guy. That's the I play that song over and over and over again, man. Just especially yeah. like the last the last 30 seconds of the song. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Yes, sir. I love it, man. So yeah, shout out to Rance Allen and uh those wonderful pioneers who are gone on now, but uh definitely had a big influence in my life. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So growing up in the Hampton Roads area, you know, we have a really diverse community. Um, what were some of your influences that touched you from this area? Oh, man, that list is so long. Uh, grew up uh, listening to people such as uh, Peggy Britt, of course. Of course. Um, and then when I got out of high school, very acquainted with Earl Bynum. Mm -hmm. And I have to give Earl Bynum credit. Uh, where credit is due, Earl Bynum is the one who taught me how to engage your audience, mm -hmm. taught me how to bring them into your world so that praise and worship isn't just a performance. It's something that we all participate in together. Um, I took the tools that Earl taught me and I just took them to another level. He continued to put me on major stages. He continued to connect me with major people. I would not be who I am today um, in the music scene had it not been for Earl Bynum 
and him just uh, put me on so many different platforms at the age of 17. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Gotcha. I, I told him that uh, Pinky Britt was our, our local Shirley Caesar, and he was, <laughs> he was our local Kirk Franklin. <laughs> yeah, that's my guy, man. And uh, oh, so many others. Um, uh, Michael Etheridge is someone who I'm blessed to work with right now. Uh, been a great influence. Chris Booker, Dave Booker. Um, Chris Booker was actually, I have to shout him out, first person to ever put me in the studio. Uh, first person to ever tell me I couldn't sing. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why that was important. Because back when I was coming up, runs was all it was about. Right, right. And, you know, he was like, yo, you can get in here and do all that if you want to. That, that's not impressive in the studio. Mm -hmm. So until you go back to just singing, get out the booth. Mm. And uh, we went back to learning how to just sing and let the song sing itself. Mm -hmm. And um, the more I realized what he was saying, the more I realized why people can become a part of my journey. Because um, when we sing, we can sing together. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, I love Jasmine Sullivan, but I can't repeat none of that. Right, right. I, <laughs> I watched a documentary once with um, Johnny Gill, and huh? he was saying how he was in the studio, and they was telling him, you know, sing the song first. Yeah. And then at the yeah. end, be Johnny Gill. Absolutely. And it's crazy you say that because I guess somewhat that's what Chris had been trying to tell me since I was 16. And uh, he's still a major influence in my life as well. So shout out to Chris Booker. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So how did you get into writing and um, getting, because that's a whole separate thing. Like, you know, you have singers and then you have writers. And then, you know, I was listening to the songs you gave me today and you can tell they came from a, a personal place. Absolutely. Uh, good you said that because that takes me right to my other influence. Uh, shout out to Travis Falk. Travis Falk was the one who I came to his house one day and I said, man, I hear something. Um, I don't play anything, but I hear something. And I need you to help me bring it to life. Mm -hmm. And so we sat there with the acoustic guitar, man, and I sung this chorus. And from singing a chorus, man, at 12 midnight, I think I walked out of his house, house at 6 o'clock in the morning because he had written about five songs. Mm -hmm. um, he taught me that the song is already in you. You just have to do what it takes to bring it out. Um, sometimes we overthink things, and sometimes we overcomplicate things when a chorus can literally just be, yes, I love you. Okay over and over again. And when I realized the simplicity of music, but also the beauty of words, and sometimes to drive home a song is to the simplest of words. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I fell in love with writing. And I would not have ever done that had it not been for Travis Falk. Um, I also would like to, uh, you know, um, since it's passing, I, I have to give some homage to DMX. He said something too one time, where he said, I cannot call myself an artist if I am not a creator. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of people who are calling themselves artists, but they don't create anything. Okay. So so to literally be able to label yourself an artist means some form of creativity has to come from you. And one of the things that he always said was, I write my own stuff because if I did not write my own stuff, I could not call myself an artist. Yes. Yeah. So so with that being said, um, that was another thing that that convicted me. Nobody can write my story like me. Nobody understands me like me. Man, I can sit here and tell you everything, but you'll never be able to tell it like I can tell it. The mm -hmm. old folks used to say, you don't know like I know mm -hmm. what the Lord has done for me. And so I would encourage those people that it's okay when you let people write for you, but if you want your real story to be told, it has to come from you. And that's what made me fall in love with writing. Nice. So I'm going to go ahead and give the people one more song. Um I'm going to go ahead and play the song and then we can talk about it afterwards. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time. You said you would 
sitting here questioning Will I ever make it out all right If I could just hear your voice Then I know I'd be okay If I could just get one They ain't ready. They are not ready, bro. They ain't ready. They ain't ready. So what? every good song has a story. So what was the story behind that song? I'm going to try to tell it without crying. As you can see, um, I feel that every time it plays, I feel that when that one, it hits me to the core. Um, so the first story behind that song is uh, I wrote it in a very down place. Um, I actually wrote it while my mother was living. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote it because have you ever been in a place where you know you were outside of the will of God, like so bad that you were trying to get a word from him and he just would not speak. 
because mm-hmm. that's how far off you were. And so it caused me to surrender and be honest and just say, hey, I know I can make it, but it gets hard for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, when it gets hard for me sometimes, you know, I start doing things that I ain't supposed to do. I start trying to figure out my own way and I start trying to do certain things. So God, I know I'm away from you, but like the prodigal son, if I could just hear your voice, then I know I'll be okay. If I can get one more touch, make it one more day. If I can hold you close, I'll be fine. I've never realized I wrote that song because it would be the very song to minister to my soul when my mom passed, man. Mm-hmm. A song that I wrote to God turned into a song for her. Um, I'm trying to make sense of all the mess that's going on around me. It's making me think of all the times that you were there for me. I wrote the song years before she passed. But that second verse just spoke to how I felt. So I'm asking, could you just give me one more try? Because one day without you, I would surely lose my mind. And I thought I was going to lose it when my mom passed away. Battled depression, battled grief, battled so many things, man. And so that song is literally, and some people, you know, who try to get deep and say, well, I don't want him to just do it one more time. No, 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 no. If you were as desperate as I was, one more time was enough. Mm Mm-hmm. One more time was enough. And I don't know if there are any desperate people out there who are just trying to get up. I tell people all the time, don't judge someone's journey. For you, doing something miraculous and extravagant was your achievement today. But you know what was miraculous and achieving for me? That's from getting out of bed. Okay, yeah. You know, just putting clothes on, just making it out the house. Mm Mm-hmm. Because depression has a funny way, if you have never battled it before, your mind will tell you, get up, and your body will not move. Isn't it funny how sometimes he would give you what you need before you even know you needed it? Brother, I had no idea, and isn't he amazing? I had no idea a song I wrote probably four or five years before my mom passed. She wasn't even sick as she was back then. She she was actually doing pretty good. And uh, little did I know, man, that song, I had it on repeat, man. It was that song, One More Time I Just Play, and Let Your Power Fall. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who wonder why I sing that song so much, it ain't even for you. Right, right. It's for me. Right. <laughs> so music is your therapy. It's my therapy, brother. It's my, it's my therapy. It's my passion. Um... It's my way. I tell people all the time, songs can say things way better than you can. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes I don't know. I know how I feel. I don't know how to articulate it. But I can hear a song and it's like that song is what I need right now. Tank has a song called Lost It All. I played that song like crazy when my mom passed away. I don't care if you take the house and all the rides. You can throw me in jail till the judge sentenced me to life because I already lost it all. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt, man. My world crumbled when my mom passed away, dude. It was a three, four-year journey getting back to where I am today, man. And I wouldn't trade my journey for the world, but I just want y'all to know, man, um, if you've never ever dealt with that before, it's a battle. Um, I'm actually writing a book called The Morning After the Morning. Mm-hmm. And how to deal with grief God's way. That's the title of the book. Mm-hmm. One of the chapters is pray like heaven, but fight like hell. Because prayer ain't going to do it yeah. just alone. Bible even tells you faith without right. works. Right, right. Gotta get up. You gotta get up. You gotta press through. You have to, the same way the devil is trying to take you out. That's what I mean by fight like hell. The way the devil and hell is against you trying to take you out. Get up in the name of Jesus and fight that joke. Fight that spirit of depression. Fight that spirit of suicide. Fight that spirit of anguish and pain and agony. Fight it. Get up and see your way through it. You're not alone. Even when it feels like you're alone, you're not alone. He'll be your strength. Just get up. Bro, I'm about to ask you to stop before I start shouting and tear all this up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that playing that guitar and made it sing like that? Jesus. Jesus. That is my good friend, Johnny Terrell. Um, 
he he also was the uh, mastermind behind the studio work with that song. Um, just the mastermind behind that studio work with the song. And he, I told him what I wanted, man. I didn't want, I didn't want that to be a cute song. Okay. I needed it to be a gritty song. I needed the guitar it's to wrong. cry. Right. I needed, to, yeah. I didn't want clean notes. I didn't want mm. this song has to cry. So he did exactly what I asked him to do, man, and I'm I'm forever grateful for it. Man, he yeah. did his thing on that. Both I you, appreciate both you, you guys did your thing on that. Man, I appreciate it. It was a blessing uh, writing that song, and again, because I don't play anything. It's an even bigger blessing to see people and know people who hear your heart mm -hmm. and can bring your 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 vision to life. And Johnny definitely exceeded my expectations and brought that vision to life. So I was talking to, um, I think we have a mutual friend, Mr. Aaron Wiggins. Yes. And I was talking to him and, you know, we got into the conversation ver of secular versus gospel. Uh -huh. And... Um, he gave me his disdain for the word secular. And okay. already in our conversation, you have mentioned a couple of non-gospel artists. Um, what is your stance on a difference? And is there a difference? Or is Absolutely. talent just talent because God gave it to you? There's definitely a difference. Um, so let's go ahead and talk the difference first. Mm -hmm. The difference is... <laughs> about to open up a whole theological debate. I'm gonna try to keep it in a real <laughs> because my my theological debate is half the stuff stuff we call gospel isn't gospel. Okay. What is the gospel? The gospel is the story and the ministry of Jesus Christ. So you're saying so, there's a difference between gospel and inspirational. Absolutely. I okay. believe we have great spiritually inspirational songs, mm -hmm. but gospel songs tell the story of Jesus. Okay. Gospel songs are speaking of Jesus, telling who he is, what he is, what he did. That's gospel. Living, he loved me, dying, he saved. That's gospel. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 down at the cross where my Savior died. Mm -hmm. That's gospel. But Imagine Me by Kirk Franklin, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a great spiritually inspirational song. Right. Um, Smile mm -hmm. is a great inspirational song. Um, I don't want to make it seem like, because I love Kirk. I'm not bashing Kirk. So right. I got to find some other artists. Uh, uh, won't you do it? Say uh -huh. what? That's, okay. it's, it's just Mary, a, wasn't that Mary Mary? That's uh, Corinne Hathorne. Corinne Hathorne. Yeah, okay. It's the God in me. Since you want to bring up Mary Mary, uh -huh. it's the God in me. That's a great, it's a spiritually inspirational song but it's not gospel. So I think we all need to actually reevaluate what gospel is. Mm -hmm. So that takes me to my next point. Whether we are Christian or secular, struggle is real. Mm -hmm. There was actually um, a white artist I was talking to, and he was like asking, how can white people speak more about that struggle? Because his, his plea for more struggle mm -hmm. is actually why I'm like, whoa, can black people stop struggling so doggone much? That's, like, <laughs> that's privilege at its best. Yeah. <laughs> you so want the struggle, we try and get rid of it. <laughs> right. So so it's funny where we place ourselves and it's funny where we try to say certain things don't belong. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, as a man who struggles and has struggled, I would respect the struggle in your ministry. Mm -hmm. I'll say this, John Maxwell says people admire your strengths but people connect to your weakness mm -hmm. so if you really want to get to the heart of man you got to get to that struggle and so at the end of the day, I have plenty of praise and worship songs, we played one coming on the show How Great You Are so Let's go a step further. Gospel music and worship music mm -hmm. tells who God is, tells who he is to you. It's a personal, it's an intimate, it's a it's that, you know, you are my strength, strength like no other. It reaches to me. That's biblical. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So you are my strength. So, but it's not necessarily what we would call gospel, but it's a great worship song. So I think we just need to do better at not 
we, we try to bunch up everything. But I'm not going to t- say that Kirk Franklin is wrong for mm-hmm. writing Lean on me. Mm-hmm. That We needed that song when he wrote it. Right. I am here, you don't have to worry, I can see. That's a great song, bro. And so I just think at the end of the day, we get confused because we bunch everything together. Oh, he's a gospel artist. So every song he writes is a gospel song. No, it's not. Sorry. And for those of you who, uh, I, I'm going to give you that Kirk Franklin message when he wrote Stomp. For those of you who think gospel music has gone too far, right? I'm telling you, for me, you ain't heard nothing yet. Because there's a place for everything. Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time and a place for everything under the heavens. My concern is, do we have the times and the places mm-hmm. in the right times and in the right places? So would it be um, unreasonable to uh, ever hear a Slato Joel um, love song? No, sir, it will not be. I'm so glad you said that because I don't know about you, sir, but um, number one, I'm single. But when I get married, T.D. Jakes will not be playing. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, um, when we get, it will not be no Marvin Sapp never would have made it because I'm going to make it tonight. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so at the end of the day, it's like, um, I think there's the time and the place again for everything. Now, to answer the further, the latter part of your question about the standard, you know, what's right and wrong, you know the power music has over the industry, over this generation, over the generation of people. So please understand what Satan was when he was in heaven. He was the the, the musician, chief musician. So music has a strange way of sneaking a lot of stuff in. Here's my thing. I'm never going to nod so hard to a beat that I forget to listen to the lyrics. Mm A lot of people who just nodding and doing these little TikTok dances. Did you even listen to what they just said? And that's one of the struggles I'm having with my kids now. Yeah. Yeah. And then they like, you know, but some of the music you used to listen to. But I'm like, yeah, but we had breaks on ours a little bit. Yeah, y'all had yeah, y'all definitely had breaks. And and and, and it was a more of a hidden message. These people just out here with Yeah, just the wrong um, with popping them. mollies and popping perks and what? And different genital parts and Yeah. <laughs> so so my thing is as a believer, as someone who is not only spiritually conscious, but socially conscious, I know these things and I, I pay attention to them so that I can speak from a place where I can relate, but also tell you truth. Um on top of that, to know these things, man, like, yeah, no, there's definitely some music we just should not listen to. And I'll be real with you. I was the biggest R. Kelly fan ever. Yeah, that's a Until, whole, that's a whole uh, hurt piece, bro. That, yeah, yeah. And there's certain songs he And wrote. he had inspirational songs. Exactly. And but there are certain songs he had that I, I cannot listen to, just knowing what's behind that song. Now that I know truthfully what my mind is telling me no but my body's telling me not that i truthfully know what that means right, right. i can't listen to that bro. you may you may be young but you're ready come on you try to tell us <laughs> i can't listen to that bro I and it's a shame it. so i was i was um listening to r&b the other night i was with my young i was with my lady mm-hmm. and a r kelly song came on and actually, it wasn't even an R. Kelly song. It was uh, one he did with Ron Isley, but he wrote it. Gotcha. And I felt like so conflicted. Yeah. Because, you know, Ron Isley, he ain't do nothing. Yeah. You know, it's not Ron Isley's fault. But you still, no matter what, you got to you gotta go back to. See, for me, back in the day, I saw the tape when it first came out. So without a doubt, I know he was wrong. Yeah, he was wrong and then wrong and then wrong and then wrong and then wrong. I, I've I've seen the tape down to him giving the little girl a couple dollars and everything. He was really wrong. He knew he was wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. So every time I hear, no matter how good them chords, he because he had he was a master of chords, mm-hmm. and no matter because you get caught up in that first few seconds, then I gotta be like, nope, Google next. 
Right. So I'm going to mess you up real quick. I'm going to mess you up real quick. Mm -hmm. And this is just something for whoever's listening, whoever's watching, to just kind of chew on. Um, I definitely agree with everything you said, but here's my question. Because he's also written a lot of songs for gospel artists. Yes, yes. Do you stop listening to those songs? Or do you even know which songs those are? If I can tell. Written, right, if I can tell. He's written a lot. Yeah, if I and can tell. And here's my other thing. We'll cancel him, but did you take that song off your album? If that song gets a million streams this year, are you going to accept the royalty check for it? Right, right. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, a, it's a world that I don't want to get into right now because this is going to be a whole other conversation. But I think sometimes um, we just got to... Here's a problem I have with cancel culture. It doesn't go straight across the board. Mm -hmm. If we're going to cancel it, we're going to cancel it. Right. And that, that was my point with, with, with Ron Isley. You yeah. know, he wrote a, a, a couple great songs for him. Yeah, he wrote sure um, Charlie Wilson. He wrote a great yeah. song oh, for Charlie Wilson. Yeah. And I but, love Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson's one of my long lost cousins. <laughs> I love Uncle Charlie. <laughs> but that one particular song, but I know he wrote it because you can tell, you can hear it, and you can hear oh, him. Oh, yeah, in the you can hear it all day. But like you said, day. there's songs that you don't know that he wrote. Yeah, and I appreciate you for being true to, to your belief and your standard. I just want to make sure that other people, you know, who, because we got some people out here with some tiki Bro, torches and. <laughs> 12 Play was the soundtrack to my freshman year in college. Wow. It was 12 wow. Play. It was the first Biggie album and the first Wu-Tang album. Those were the three that I played. If you heard me on Norfolk State campus and you saw right, my right. little car, one of them three CDs was in it and was playing at all times. Got you. <laughs> I know that's right. And so that was wow. a whole heart piece to take that bro, away. Hurt. You I, ain't going to tell me, bro. I lost a piece of my culture. And like, with me, I have, I have a 14-year-old daughter. Right. And at the time, the girl was 14. You know, yeah. so even if it's times where I'd be like, well, maybe I could get just a little bit of this R. Kelly. That I could, no, yeah. no, because that could have been my baby. Yeah. You know? and, this, and, what I, and what I love about what you're saying is we have to be true to our personal convictions. Mm -hmm. Now, in our personal convictions, we have to make sure that, that we can be the example to that. Because what I see a lot of is, is people saying what you're saying, but behind closed doors, they're doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. So this goes to the ministers, the artists, the athletes, everyone in places of influence. My plea is that, as you just said you did, so many of us can be true to our convictions. Don't be true to your conviction in front of people, but if, you know, in front of home, go ahead and let it play. Yeah. 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 So I think that's my only thing. So there are certain things that I will, I, I just won't say publicly, because if that's not my truth privately, then I'm not going to sit here and live a lie. So I think in our music, I think in our, just in our places and platforms of influence, we as ministers and others just have to do a better job at staying true to our conviction. So I commend you for that, right? And, and I want to get me wrong. I don't, do not hate the man. Right. You know, all men, all men have some sort of fault. Yeah. You know, I do not hate the man, but I just don't feel right. Something bothers me. And bro, supporting and, and, that music, then I know what was feeling. And you can feel that it. way, yeah. yeah. And you can feel that way, and we all have a right to feel that way, um, which could take us into so many other conversations. But we don't have time for that. There are a lot of things I feel that way on. Like if you're, if you cool, like if you want to do the whole pride thing and you want to, you know, run around with your rainbow stuff, have fun, have fun. I'm cool with it. Boy, you about to rip a can. To some... But but that's what I said. I'm, that's what I said. I don't want to start nothing. But, but see, it's personal with me now because, like, I got kids that's 14 and 10. Like, before, it kind of didn't really bother me. It didn't matter. But yeah. now I got to answer questions. Yeah. And, it's, and, that's, and, and I understand where you're coming from, man, because, you know, I'm a mentor and stuff. And I say that to simply say, I just think we're in a world where it's like, if you're not for me, you're against me. And that's not necessarily the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, that's whatever your conviction is, I'm cool with that. So if you have no problem with what you're doing, I'm cool. So the but other when it day, comes to me, uh huh, we got in a conversation with my kids, and we just happened to be in my mom's house. So I'm so glad my mom was there, and right. we were talking about the whole transgender thing. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And the way I feel about it is the way I feel about homosexuality about everything. It's not for me. I don't believe yeah. in it. If it's, that's what you're going to do, do what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. But around <laughs> me, I'm not playing them games. Yeah. So my daughter asked, um, you know, if it was a transgender person and they were trying to get you, if they were born a man and they were trying to get you call them her, would you do it? And I told her no, because for one, you're not going to make your reality my reality. Especially, especially if I know, like if we grew up together and I know you a dude, you was a dude when I met you, you know, <laughs> we knew something was funny with you, but you were you a dude, so you always going to be a dude. I'm not going to give you that satisfaction of forcing my reality to be something different. I can't do it. And I and, and and again, I feel like with everything you just said, if we all could just live out our personal convictions, then the world would be a much better place. And I don't understand why people get so offended when you say stuff like that. You I ain't got nothing saying? against you. If that's what you want to do, go ahead yeah, and do I it. Mean, but you're not gonna you do it. I'm... You're not gonna do it in my house though. And and it's just oh, like it's just like us being <laughs> It's just like us being being Christians. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't hate no atheists. You know what I'm saying? I don't hate anybody. You know who's practicing something else. Um, I got a couple of friends who you know practice Islam. You know, and things like that. So it's like, if that's you, that's you. You know what I'm saying? But just know when I pray, in Jesus' name, Amen. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just know that when. You know what I'm saying? Certain things uh, that you do that I don't necessarily participate in because of my faith and because of my belief, then just respect me on that. And I respect you on that. So at the end of the day, it's, I think it just goes around along the lines of respect. Um, and I think when it comes to uh, just people living out their convictions, I'm here to speak truth as to what I believe truth is through God. Um so when it comes to that, it's like, if you if you live the way you live, all I can do is tell you what I believe. It's up to you to believe what I believe or to disagree with me. But it don't mean we got to kill each other. It don't mean we got to exactly. hate each other. And if, if we could, I've never met such an aggressively sensitive generation. We so aggressive, but we get so offended, bro. Right. So sensitive. You know? <laughs> And, and and I'm gonna go ahead and use this example because it's like this is how I feel about it. Like, yo, if I was gay, there's nothing that you could say. If I'm truly that, if my conviction is that, there's nothing you can say. You can call me whatever you want. If that's who I am, I'm cool with that. You can call me whatever you want. Okay. Because because no matter what you say to me about being straight. I know I'm straight and I'm cool with that. Right. So I just don't understand where it's like in our generation where we got to the point where we get so offense, offended, where people got to get canceled, people got to lose their jobs. It's like you can't have an alter. You, you can't, can't have a belief. Right. You just can't. It's like you can't have a personal conviction. And I just, that's, that's what I'm afraid of in this generation. It's like, yo, I need y'all to understand it's okay to be you. And it's okay for you not to agree with certain things. It's okay for you not to support certain things. And because you don't support it doesn't mean you're an enemy. And you necessarily can't get mad at me because I choose not to support it. Thank you. you that's know, that's, so that's I, your whole thing. If that's what you want to do, do it. Like me with the R. Kelly thing. If you want to listen to R. Kelly and you fine with it, I'm not going to hate you for it. Yeah, you I, just I if you come to my house playing, I'm gonna tell you to turn it off. <laughs> and that's what I tell people straight up: if you want to wear a white sheet, just make sure you find other people that want to wear white sheets. Mm-hmm. Y'all have your little club meeting. You come burning across on my yard, we gonna have some problems. But you I want you, saying? I want you to still wear that sheet so I know who you are, though. <laughs> <laughs> Put your uniform on, though. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. So if, if that's if you racist, thank you for at least letting me know who you are. If mm-hmm. that's your conviction, be racist. But when it comes to a point of disrespect, then we got then we got an issue. Right. And so if we could just learn to respect each other, respect each other's convictions, what you decide to be, 
what you decide to do is between you and God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe in God, you'll know when you leave this earth who you got to answer to. Right, you're going to find something out. <laughs> Absolutely. So I don't have to fight those battles, bro. Like, all I can, all I have to do is be the vessel that God called me to be. All I have to be is the the, the, the giver of truth and the, uh, the, the uh, demonstrator of what it means to truly live a holistic and holy sanctified lifestyle. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. Nah. Mm-hmm. Do I know everything? No. Nah. But I know who God is and I know what he's doing in me. And that's all I can live out, bro. That's my truth. That's all I can live out. Yeah. One of the, and I've said this time and time again, some of the best advice my father gave me before he passed was you do what you know inside is right. And don't worry about what other people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the funny thing. We talk about so many people, but those people who we talk about, they're getting sleep at night. Yeah, they're good. Want to know, know why? Because what they're doing is exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. They're doing what they know to do regardless of how you feel about it. Exactly. And if we as believers can do the same thing, I promise you, bro, we'll get so much further. We'll get so much further. You'll catch way more flies with honey than you do vinegar. I heard that saying before, but there was a couple other different words in it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a country boy, so I got some old sayings. Uh, grew up around old folks. And mm-hmm. I say that to simply say, that's why love is the greatest commandment of them all. Mm-hmm. Because, Lord, I forgot to turn these notifications off. Oh, but anyway, um, if, if love is our greatest commandment and we fight every situation with love, and we learn to demonstrate love, I promise you, bro, somebody's going to see it. And if they don't, man, I leave that up to God. The battle isn't yours, it's the Lord's. We fight so many battles that don't even belong to us. Mm-hmm. You know, let God And then that. wonder why we tired. <laughs> wonder why we tired. And the stuff, and, and our mess jacked up. Uh-huh. We're so busy trying to do somebody else's work. Man. So, yeah, bro, this is awesome. We're gonna have to do this again. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it out like I always end all my episodes. If you had a young person come to you and say, Slater, I think you know, I want to sing. Uh, I want to go into. Um, I want to follow in your footsteps. What would you tell them? The first thing I would tell them is, I would I would ask them why. Why number one. Um, because at the end of the day, when things don't go your way, as long as you can keep your why, then you'll always do it. Because there's a whole lot of stuff, especially if you're an independent artist, that it, it ain't going to be peaches and cream all the time. You ain't roll, They're not rolling out the red carpet when you're independent, bro. You work. You work, work. And there are going to be some days where it's like, oh, what am I doing? But if I can remember the why, then it'll keep me going. Second thing is be true. Be true, meaning is this something I'm gifted at? Is this something that is God-given? Or is this just something I'm going after? Can I be real with you? Singing was not something I was going after. Mm -hmm. Singing was something that accidentally fell on me. I was good at it. Didn't know God was going to use it in my life. I wanted to be a football player, but because of my... uh, Conviction with my leg, I was not allowed to play sports. Never was allowed to go after my true dream, which was to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Singing was not it. So you have to make sure that regardless of what you want to do is what you want to do, what you're supposed to do. Um, because I'm here to tell people straight up, man, um, there are a lot of people who want to do certain things. Um, and you can work in the industry and not necessarily be an artist or a singer. You can be a writer, you can be a producer, you can be an engineer, you can be a manager. Um, so your why is going to be the most important thing. Um, even in church, there are so many jobs to do. You don't have to be a preacher. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a pastor. And just go lead the usher ministry. You know, start a connect group, you know, do Bible study. You know, you don't have to be on the platform. And I think sometimes we we think that the ultimate goal is to always be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that God called you and make sure you were chosen for what you're doing because you saved yourself a lot of unnecessary uh, hiccups if you do that. Um, if singing is what you want to do, practice. Practice. I don't care how gifted you are, practice. That is one thing I just started doing. Can I be real? 
I've just started practicing because the older I'm getting, it ain't easy as it used to be. Practice um, and not just practice, always be excellent. I know a lot of gifted people, but their work ethic is horrible. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of gifted people, but they don't get places on time. They come unprepared. They don't know their music. Uh, when they get there, they're, um, they're not enthusiastic and don't work well with people. Like you have to know that it's bigger than singing. It's bigger than being an artist. You've got to deal with some stuff, man. And as long as you're ready for the journey and not just the destination, you'll be fine. All right. So now is the time where you can give all your shout outs and your social media and okay. how can people get that music? Got you. Um, first of all, I would like to shout out uh, my mother. It was Mother's Day. Um, she has not been with us now for seven years, but I'm going to always shout out my mom. She is the reason um, that I, I even pursued this. Um, she's the reason that uh, I'm here. God chose her to birth me mm -hmm. and birth what was inside of me. So shout out to my mom. Uh, shout out to uh, my family. Shout out to Calvary Revival Church. Uh, one of my one of my um, greatest assignments yet. Um, uh, Bishop B. Courtney McBath has uh, taken me under his wing, not only as a worship leader, but as a man. We've had some tough moments, and he has definitely molded me into what God has definitely called me to be. So shout out to my bishop and Pastor Janine. Um, shout out to Mike Etheridge for um, making me want to try this music thing again, man. For a little while, I had lost my, I lost my motivation for it. Mm -hmm. And had it not been for Michael Etheridge, um, kind of getting me back on the scene and making me want to do this artist thing, uh, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. So shout out to Michael Etheridge. Um, shout out to William Whitfield, my manager of uh, ten years now, who just makes life easy. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, y'all be calling me, asking me to do stuff. If Will did not book this stuff, y'all would be out <laughs> back. Because I keep telling y'all, go to my website, but y'all keep calling my phone. And luckily, Will is there to hear every conversation and book it for me. I would be out back, and y'all would too, because y'all still don't go through the process. But it's all good. I love it. Um, uh, who else? Oh, my God, there's so many people. But I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. If I forgot you, I'm so sorry. Shout out to my brothers, everyone who I've called brother. I mean it. I use the word friend, but I use the word brother in a different way. I appreciate y'all. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it on the shout outs. All right, y'all. Uh, follow me on Slater Joel on all platforms. Uh, that's Facebook. That's Instagram. Twitter, I believe, is Slater Joel Music. Um, and I say I believe because I'm rarely on Twitter. So if y'all see me tweet, it is my management and not me. So you better watch what you put in that inbox, too. Are Just you, being honest. Are you TikToking? I, I downloaded TikTok. And Slater Joel, I'm still trying to figure out how to use it. So hopefully these young people that I rock with <laughs> gonna help me learn how to use this TikTok. I see it as a craze that ain't going nowhere. Huh. You know what else I have not downloaded? Y'all can judge me later. I have not downloaded Snapchat. Okay. So I, I'm I'm praying on Snapchat. That's just another world. And um yeah, that's just another world I just don't know about. Yeah, my so, kids say I'm too old for Snapchat. Yeah, so <laughs> Snapchat, I'm not sure about it, but I definitely have downloaded TikTok. Hopefully, y'all will see some stuff as soon as somebody teach me how to use it. Right, right. <laughs> oh, YouTube is Slater Joel as well. And music is on all digital platforms. Hear me clearly, big disclaimer, I think we are revamping my Spotify and Apple Music, so I'm not sure anything is up there right now. We're revamping it. So um, y'all can check it out. Um, if you don't see nothing up there, just stop up there periodically. And uh, hopefully we'll have some good stuff for you soon. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the 757 Renaissance Man podcast. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts everywhere you can get your podcast or you can search for us on youtube for 757 renaissance man go ahead and like us comment subscribe whatever you gotta do spread the word share this has been our episode for today i am sean that is slater and before we be out we're gonna leave you with one more song we're gonna leave you with unleash me we out y'all
Today is the day That my past no longer holds me And now is the moment It will no longer control me And this is the time That I walk into my destiny So make my present history Lead me to my destiny I need you to unleash me No longer will I struggle with the things that I've done No longer will I be ashamed So today I decree a new day has begun In Jesus' name So break every chain Loose every shackle Destroy every stronghold that is holding
Erase every shackle, destroy every stronghold that is holding me. Lift every burden, release the healing. For I'm 